Father, this morning we ask you to speak to us. And Lord, let it not be me nor my words, what I have studied, but let it be you that flows with me so that every person hearing this message, whether it be live in person, online, or a rebroadcast, Father, that they may be receptive to what you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So this is part two of Juicy Fruit, and um, I'm all fruited out. You may not be able to tell on the camera, but I got lemons on my shirt, I got some pineapples on my socks, and somebody this morning said they saw it yesterday and they had to get me a banana mask. So I was bananas on my mask. So I'm a little tutti fruity this morning and ready for some juicy fruit. But talking about the fruit of the Spirit, I want to remind you guys something. The fruit of the Spirit does not come from the physical man. And remember that. I mean, that's a very important point for us to have and to jot down. The fruit of the Spirit does not come from the natural man. It is a spiritual thing. So I want to read to you a couple of passages that are our foundation for this series and today's message. Let's start with Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and it says this in verses 22 and 23. Are you ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is another way of saying patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Can I tell you something that really stands out to me in these two verses? Against this there is no law. I want you to think about any constitution on the face of the earth, any laws that are put forth across the world. No human law goes against love. No human law goes against joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I mean, those aren't things that we write laws to stop. And it's very interesting that we can understand that what God produces in us, this fruit which, by the way, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. It's not in plural, if you notice. It is the fruit. It is a nine-part fruit, but it is one fruit. Against it, there is no law. And then if we go to John chapter 15, we're going to read verses 1 through 8 of John chapter number 15. When you got it, say amen. John 15. I heard somebody whisper they found it. Okay, you count it out. It's on the screen, so that counts, I guess. You found it. But there's nothing like being able to underline your Bible, guys. Can I tell you one of the most difficult things? I'll get back to the preaching in a second. But it's time for me to get a new one. My wife has been on my case. She's like, you know, it's time to get a new one. Man, I finally broke this one in after three years. And the hardest thing is when you switch Bibles re-highlighting everything and rewriting notes. And I don't just transfer it, but as I read it again, I, I, I go back and I jot different things. So I never get rid of my old one. Um, as a matter of fact, when I study, uh, and you can ask my wife, my girls, um, my, the Bible I used to study at home is the older version of this one, which I got in 1993, okay? I was a freshman in high school. And that thing is like being held together, no lie, by tape, <laughs> um, but there's something about it. And I encourage you, if you don't own a Bible, get one. As a matter of fact, if you're here today in the building and you do not own a Bible, talk to us after service. We're going to give you one so that you can start holding it in your hand and jotting it down and highlighting it because there's something about having the Word of God in your hands. All right? John 15, starting verse number one. Uh, it'd be good if I went to John and not Luke. 
Luke, I am your father. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. We are called to bear what? Much fruit. Now, if you're jotting down notes, and I hope you are, because if you take notes, it always helps you remember things a little better. The first point I want you to jot down today is this. The identity and quality of the fruit is in the vine. The identity and quality of the fruit is in the vine. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 and 18. Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 and 18, Jesus said this. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So the identity and the quality of the fruit is found in the vine. And Jesus being the vine, it is impossible for him to bear bad fruit. And he must produce good fruit. So the identity of the vine and the quality is found in the fruit. Or the identity is found in the vine. The second thing I want you to jot down is this. What flows through the vine flows through the branches. What flows through the vine flows through the branches. Now, to tell you a little bit something about me, I I have a bachelor's degree in education. And uh, when you go to study education at the university, your first two years, you've got requirements you've got to take, and you've got to take a a science where biology fits into and, and, and things of that nature. And when I was at FIU, I go Golden Panthers, when I was at FIU, I wanted to, you know, go through the stuff, and biology was full. So you know what class I ended up taking because I didn't want to wait a semester? I took botany. Botany is the study of plants. I don't remember much about that class, just that I took it. But one thing that I do know about plants, trees, vines, and all of it, is that there is something that courses through the inside of it, which is called sap. Now, the sap which courses through the vine, the trunk, goes, the same sap goes through the branches, and it's what then produces the fruit. Now, can I tell you something? In the physical, we call it sap. Talking in the spiritual realm and us being spiritual beings, because God is in us, God, he's the vine dresser, we'll get to that in a second, Jesus is the vine. The sap is the Holy Spirit. And the same sap that was flowing through Jesus 
that same Holy Spirit that flowed through Jesus, which allowed him to function in the gifts of the Spirit, producing the fruit of the Spirit, that same sap flows in us. It's not a different sap that shifts from the trunk into the branches. It's not like it goes up to the thing and when it gets to the branches, it says, all right, now shift gears and send something else to the rest of the tree. No, it is the same exact thing. And it is such a joy for us to understand that what flowed through Jesus flows through us. The Holy Spirit, the one that produces the fruit, is flowing through us. The fruit of the Spirit is the same fruit that was in Christ. Because of this oneness in the sap, it is interesting that no matter where that tree is planted, it produces the same fruit. How many of you know that in Florida we grow what? Oranges. Every good Floridian knows we're the sunshine state and we got an orange on our license plate, right? What does Georgia have on its license plate? Anybody know? Peaches, yeah, Georgia closed peaches, they're known for peaches. Cherries are grown out in Washington, if my memory serves correct. There's, there's different places that grow different trees and different products. Why? Because not every tree can grow in every place. And in a desert, ain't nothing grown. I mean, try to plant an orange tree in the desert or an apple tree or a cherry tree. I mean, they don't grow. They don't produce. But the fruit of the Spirit produces the same love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control wherever it is planted, wherever the geographical location is found. Why? Because God is the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and the fruit comes out. Castle shows us why Jesus is the Messiah. Because the same fruit is produced wherever it is planted. It's not based on geographical location. That is so cool. If you didn't hear, I heard she whispered, so cool. It is. It is so cool. The fact that the same sap flowing through Jesus flows through us. The next thing I want you to jot down is this. God is the divine gardener. Ooh, I spelled that wrong. Garter. God is not the divine garter. He is the divine gardener. Didn't catch a spell check squiggly line on that one there. It's probably wrong online too, because I, I, I copied it straight off the PowerPoint, so my bad. God is the divine gardener, all right? The Bible says here in verse number one of John 15, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser, right? So what is the vine dresser? What does the divine gardener do? He's the one that produces the food. He supervises the vine, the pruning, and the preparing. The vine doesn't prune itself. The gardener prunes the vine. The fruit doesn't produce itself. The gardener ensures that everything is prepared for the production of the fruit. Can I tell you something about the will of God? See, it is the will of God that every one of these branches produce fruit. Have you ever seen someone get filled or satisfied with the shade of a tree? Mm-mm. Pasa hambre. You be hungry if you want the shade to fill you. The only thing that fills you 
is the fruit of the tree. So his divine will is that you and I, man, you rock. Thank you for fixing that on there. Good call, good call. Everybody give it up to our media team real quick there. And somebody emailed me to remind me to change it on my notes in the future. So, you know, then I'll go ahead and mess it up again. He supervises, he prunes, he prepares. And you know what John 3.16 says? Can you say John 3.16 with me? We all know this verse. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch. The divine gardener sowed his son Jesus into planet earth. That whoever believes in him, that's you and me, would become a branch into this tree to produce an eternal fruit. Divine gardener, Jesus, he's divine. You and me, we're the branches. And then the fruit comes out. And his desire is fruit production. I just said it a minute ago, but that's our next point. Believers are the branches. Born again believers are the branches. That's you and me. Born again believers, we are the branches. Look at verses number four and five of John chapter 15. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What happens when a branch is disconnected from the vine or from the tree? It instantly begins to wither. I grew up going to Catholic church. I used to go to St. Michael the Archangel uh, uh, down there on a, a Flagler and uh, 28th or 29th Avenue, okay? I went, to the, I went to that parochial school, kinder, first, second, third, and fourth grades. I, I, that's where I was there. Father Paz, I know he went to be with the Lord, uh, but, um, but that's where I grew up going to church. And until at the age of eight, when I came to understanding of the fullness of a relationship with God, and we started going to a small Assemblies of God church out in Opalaka, and anyways, I'm giving my life story. I don't know why. But I remember on Palm Sunday... Every Catholic church does this. They give you a palm frond, sometimes in the shape of a cross or any of that. And we put it in our cars, we put different stuff. And within the few days, it went from green to brown. Why? It was disconnected from the palm frond. It was disconnected from the tree. Church, can I tell you, a branch is useless once is disconnected from the vine. You even think about roofs that are thatched with palm fronds. Come on, everybody ever seen a cheeky hut here in Miami? They don't last forever. They're woven in there, but once they wither and they start getting the bugs that eat it and all the different stuff, it starts to get leaky. Why? There is no life when it's disconnected from the tree. And if we are the branch, can I tell you, as a Christian, if we're not producing fruit because we're disconnected from the tree, we are useless. How can you say that? 
because the goal and the will of God the Father, the divine gardener, is that we produce fruit. And we are measured by the fruit. Matter of fact, we read it last week. Jesus said, by your fruit you will be known. You cannot produce unless connected. And can I tell you another one? You cannot have two types of fruit. See, we can't have a Monday fruit and a Sunday fruit. I'm one way in church and I'm one way somewhere else. It doesn't work that way. We need to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Can I tell you? Oh, man. We're going to get into this a little bit in the series, but I got to throw it out to you today. I'm going to give you a Pastor Fernie nugget, all right? We are all capable of producing the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit being produced in us because the same sap is flowing, right? Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is singular, not plural. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What does that mean? When a Christian says, well, I don't have self-control. If you're not walking in it, it's because you're not connected to the vine the right way. Because you are able to produce it because it is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not like the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts being plural may reside one gift or two gifts or three gifts. I feel like the, 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 the fish, one fish, two fish, three fish, blue fish. All right. The gifts of the Spirit may fall and you have one gift or two gifts upon your calling. But the fruit is every single one of us needs to walk in that nine part of the fruit. So you need a little more self-control? Make sure you're connected to the tree. You're lacking some patience? Make sure you're connected to the tree. You're lacking some goodness? Connect to the tree. Because if the sap is flowing, the fruit will be produced. The church, it cannot bear fruit by itself. Do you know what separates a church, the church, from a civic organization? the fruit production. We did a back-to-school drive-through party yesterday. And it was great. It was awesome. I know we have a video prepared. I'm not sure if we downloaded it to share it today. If not, we'll put it on our social media tomorrow and we'll get it out there, all right? But it was awesome. We were able to give book bags full of supplies. As a matter of fact, if those of you in the building, we still have some book bags that we prepared. We prepared more than what people had registered for. So if you know someone that needs it, Please take one after service and give it to them and bless them, okay? We gave out book bags. We had a station where Mr. Banana Split was giving out gifts to every one of the kids, whether it be elementary or middle school, high school, or college. Everybody was receiving a gift. For teachers, we had a specific teacher gift. Everybody received some food, and, and we, everybody got a box of pizza, and then we had the photo booth. It was awesome. That was a great civic event. You know what separated it? That didn't sound like a real word. Separated it, not separated it. What separated it, I said it again, whatever. The set, the, what made it different from what a civic organization would do is that the first booth that every car went to was a prayer booth. Every single car was met by someone of the pastoral team that went up to the window and said, what can I pray with for you? We prayed for healings. 
We prayed for provision. We prayed for the school year. We prayed for salvation. We prayed for all kinds of different things. People were weeping, and not because they got a book bag, but because the presence of God touched them. A church cannot produce fruit if not connected to the vine. God is not in for the big building or the little building or the individual building. God don't care about the shade. He cares about the fruit. And he wants us to produce some juicy fruit. The vine is only expressed by the fruit. The vine's expressed by the fruit. Right now, at this very minute, in California, there are grapes growing all throughout there, that valley in California that grows the grapes, the vineyards, and all that stuff. Some of you taste those vines through a glass of wine. Some of you taste it by eating the actual grape. The vine is expressed all around by the fruit that it produced in the physical. In the spiritual, it's the same way. Why? Again, God's the divine gardener. Jesus is the vine. The Holy Spirit is the sap. You and I are the branches and the fruit, our Christian character, it reflects the vine. One of the main reasons people will tell you they don't want to go to a church or have a relationship with God is because of some Christians that weren't producing fruit. They were waving their branches in the wind, telling people how they're going to go to hell or do this or do the other, but they didn't have any love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, justice, self-control flowing out. Jesus can only be expressed by the fruit produced by the branches. And Christ is revealed to the world through our Christian conduct, which is why we can't look act, talk, and do what the world does. Which is why there needs to be a difference between us and the world. Because our fruit is the expression of the vine. And the same sap flowing through the vine flowed through the branches and was in our fruit. So I ask you this question, how do we produce more fruit? How to produce more fruit? Well, look at what verse number two says. Every branch in me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That's called pruning. He cuts it out. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Vines cannot produce good, more, or much fruit without pruning. Disciples cannot become like Christ if the worldliness is not being cut off of us. If the selfishness is not being cut off of us. If the lusts of the flesh are not being cut out of us. That pruning process is what allows for there to be growth and juicy fruit being produced. What does pruning look like? You Cut back, cut back those twigs that are spreading forth from another branch. What does pruning look like? You cut off the overgrown leaves. What does pruning look like? You cut off the small little pieces that are trying to rob 
the tree of what it needs. You remove it so that more fruit may be produced. You know what else every single tree needs? Some water. I got a neighbor across the street of mine who's got a mango tree. Anybody love mangoes? Come on now, ain't nothing like a good old mango. You don't like mango? Lord, heal her taste buds. And she's not as messy. It's funny, Patty says that she does not like mango, but if we ever go to Bonsai, she gets the, the mango, the tutu mango, right? And it's the thing with mangoes. And I was like, honey, I thought you didn't like mangoes or whatever. It's just hilarious. But that's like my mom. My mom says she doesn't like chicken, but she eats Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pollo Tropical, and all kinds of stuff. But she does not like chicken, right? Anyways, so the, the, the house across the street of mine, it, it, it's got this mango tree in the backyard. And, and every year I see when the season comes that the mangoes start to grow. And then as the mangoes begin to grow, they're very little. They're, they're small little mangoes. And if it hasn't been raining, they, they don't grow much. But then we get that Miami rain. And you all know what I'm talking about. It is a deluge where if it rained like that during the flood, it might have taken a week to flood the earth. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know how bad it rained in the flood. I'm just using the analogy. Get me. Some of you are like, Pastor, that's not scriptural. Just, anyway, Miami rain. Ah! Sun comes out. I remember having some friends visit Miami one time, and we were going to go to the beach. And we woke up, and we got all ready, and we started driving, and it got black, and the rain, and they're like, oh, we should turn around. I was like, no, no, it's Miami. Give it 12 minutes. 12 minutes, and the sun comes right back out. Well, when those Miami rains happen, immediately, you can see the mangoes go from little to start popping out because the tree needs water. Can I tell you what the water is? It's the word of God. The water is the word of God. You and I need to read the word of God every single day. So I, I told you earlier, if you don't own a Bible, tell us. We will give you one. Pastor, I read it on my Bible, on my phone. I read the Bible on my phone or on my iPad. Man, that's great that you can. Read it on your phone, listen to it in the car. That's all awesome. How many of you know that unless you put it on airplane mode, and the minute you sit down to actually try to read your Bible on your phone or on your iPad, the text messages or the emails come in? So unless you put it on airplane mode, the devil's going to find a way to interrupt the water flow onto your body, onto your life. Why? He knows that a drought will not allow the fruit to produce. Come on, somebody. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, it says this in Ephesians 5, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. Now, if you read the rest of the chapter, it's talking about husband and wife, but I want you to focus on what it says here. With the washing of water by the word. The word of God is the production of water which washes you, fills you, cleans you. And you cannot grow if you're not connected and if you're not being watered by the word of God, daily, every day. And here's the next thing about producing fruit. A tree must have light. Fruit-bearing trees need that light. And John chapter 1, verse number 4, 
says that Jesus, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word dwelt among us. Verse 4 says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. How do we produce fruit? We allow for the pruning. God, remove from my character the things that don't please you. Oh, but it hurts. It's all right. It's part of the pruning. I like what I do. Yeah, but you're fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. And the Bible says that if you're connected to the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but you will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Be watered by the Word of God and let the light shine on you that you may then bear much fruit. Church, we are the branches. The identity of our Lord Jesus and the quality of that fruit is found in that vine. What flowed through Jesus flows through us. And the divine gardener planted Jesus that we might become that branch and bear the fruit and the world know who he is by the fruit growing through us. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I want to give everybody the opportunity this morning to become a branch. I'm not talking about branch from trolls. I'm talking about a branch in the vine that is Jesus. It's a decision we all need to make. You can be born an American or a Cuban or a Colombian or a Puerto Rican or a Nicaraguan or a Canadian or a Chinese or Japanese. You can be born a certain ethnicity or race, but you cannot be born a Christian. You are born again as a Christian. You are grafted into the tree. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So what does it take? What's the first thing? It's to believe that Jesus is the son of God. The second thing is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, where it says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And so today, if, if you've never been grafted into the tree, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity today. Or if today you, you were one of the branches that had, had been cut off because you disconnected from God. And today you say, God, divine gardener, regraft me into the tree the only way you can. I want you to say this prayer with me too. Simply say this, say, God, I'm a sinner. And on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin, of my unrighteousness. And today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my life. Write my name 
in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours. And you are mine. I am grafted into the tree. And I'll produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See, the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. That means that today, as you've started this relationship with God, production of fruit is immediate. A joy that you haven't had comes into your life. A peace that you hadn't felt fills you from the inside out. And what do we need to do? We need to immediately tell somebody about the choice that we made. I can even show you in scripture. Andrew came to Jesus, saw him as the, as the Messiah. And the Bible says immediately he went and found his brother and said, I found the Messiah, come with me that you can meet him too. He immediately bore fruit. So what does that mean for you that made this decision for Christ today? Tell somebody. Tell somebody that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. We want to know to be able to pray with you. So text us at 786-226-7343 and only text the word Jesus. That's going to let us know, hey, I made a decision for Jesus. Pray for me. And we're going to begin to pray for you so that that fruit may continue to be produced. Let's bow our heads. Father, speak to us today. Continue to flow through us throughout this week. And let these words resonate that we may continue to bear fruit in Jesus' name.